Brothers and sisters, friends and comrades, this is the PRC Show. I am your host, Paul Cooley, and thank you for listening. Today we have a great show. Um, We have Josh Ferris, who we're going to be talking about dealing with anger with friends and uh, how to deal with that with a former lover in a relationship. Um, It's a great engaging talk, so stick around. Um, I often have a lot of anger that I kind of keep bottled up inside and Uh, I'm trying to get better with that, so stick around for that talk. It is 56 degrees in Fort Worth, Texas right now, and it is 40 degrees in Harrisburg. Uh, I think it's even going to get cooler tonight, so. All right, uh, I'm finally over the Pirates. You know, we talked about that last time. I've sort of taken a hiatus from sports. Um, I'm now looking forward to getting into the NBA. I took about three or four weeks off of sports. I'm ready to get back into it, but... I just want to say, I had a really sad situation occur to me the other day. Now, I work at an ICU, so people die all the time, and you think I'd get used to it. And I sort of do. But I had somebody die of a brain tumor at a pretty young age, and it was just very depressing. Family was wonderful. Um, There was a little bit of hope for them at one point, which was just not going to happen. And, uh, you know, it really makes you think that... um, you know, enjoy your life, you know, love your friends, love your family, don't waste your time stressing or being sad about things, don't, you know, get upset at people, and you know, it's okay to be angry and all that stuff, which we'll talk about that later, but don't hold on to that, um, who knows what's going to happen, um, and go to the doctors, I mean, for Pete's sake, if you have any sort of health issues, I go to the doctors, well, I'm going to be going to the doctors here soon, because I have a little thing, but I'm sure I'll be okay, but anyways, Come on, people, get it together. Get your regular checkups. You know, avoid getting a massive brain tumor in your head. I mean, this thing was huge. It was like the size of a baseball. Um, All right, enough of that uh, public service announcement. Uh, Okay, so uh, we haven't had letters in a while, and I uh, have been getting a bunch of them. I can only, I only really have time to read three, so I'm just going to read them. and you can email the show at prcshow at gmail.com, prcshow at gmail.com. Now, this first letter is in reference to the, co- the show that uh, I did with Anthony Faino about television. And here he said, this is, um, I like this. I always get these celebrities calling or, or emailing here. Paul, I like the show, but come on. No love for Cheers? Are you serious? You think Perfect Strangers and Growing Pains are serious contenders for Best 80 Show? Have you recently seen an episodes of, of Perfect Strangers? There is a reason that show does not do well in syndication, and Cheers does. Perfect Strangers is a horrible show, and even my show Becker did did well in certain demographics. Cheers, Ted Danson. Well, how about that? Ted Danson. Um, fair point. Cheers was good. I didn't grow up on it. I've only uh, recently caught a couple episodes, as he says, in syndication. And i got to be honest, that's a quality show. I wouldn't mind watching it, you know, after I'm done doing this show right now. I, um, uh, I think that is, he makes a good point. Maybe, maybe my love for uh, Perfect Strangers is more from my youth and misremembering. Is that a word? I don't think it is. All right. The other letter here is, um, this is from Randy in Paulding, Ohio. Does anybody know where Paulding, Ohio is? Um, Probably most people don't. Um, Okay, here we go. So, I was talking about my belief in God, or not my belief in God, but having him, like, you know, um, kind of being like a statistician about 
things. Anyways, here's what Randy says. I two times think of the God database type God that you think of. Here's one of the questions I would like to ask him. God, could you give me a spreadsheet on every individual who has ever lived and give me their percentage of lies? Wouldn't that be awesome to know? Almost have like baseball trading cards where you could see who of your friends was more dishonest. Of course, we could go deeper into the numbers by weighing the lies based on severity to little white lie to more serious offenses. But it's uh, things like that that makes me... What does he say here? But it's things like that which would be cool to ask God if there is such an omnipresent creator. Randy Paulding, Ohio. Randy, I love that idea because I like to... You know, I'm a judger. And I would say, uh, you know, to some of my coworkers, like, I'd like to evaluate them. Like, I wonder what percentage are they lying? Or what percentage are they lying to me right now about them being happy? Because some of these people I work with are, are always happy, they're smiling, and I wonder if that's just phony, or is that real? Because if it's real, then I'm super jealous. If it's phony, then I feel sad for them, you know. But there's sometimes, you see people with this... Um, plastered smile on their face and it's almost it's so forced um i i need to do that more i mean i don't but i do you know i want to not be looked at as a a frump or whatever but um okay all right and one more letter uh paul this is from juanita in cecil ohio i don't know where cecil is but we got a lot of ohio listeners i love your show with aaron about the uh, shawshank redemption I would love to hear Aaron's opinion on Orange is the New Black. Have you seen it? It's pretty good. Also, have you thought about doing any music reviews, and how comes there hasn't been any world-turned-upside-downs features recently? That's my favorite part. Well, um, we're going to try to have a uh, a world-turned-upside-down feature today, in a minute. Um, But those take a little more time. Aaron and I did talk about the Orange is the New Black off-air. She said she didn't see it, so we didn't really have time to go into it. I've sort of seen it. I'm watching it as I I casually watch it. I mean, the, I put it on, and then I, like, look at the Internet, so I'm, like, half paying attention, and it actually upsets my wife because I'll miss kind of um, key plot points. And I'll be like, wait, what's that? And then she'll be like, how come you don't even know what that is? And it's like, well, it's on. I mean, I know I have a loose understanding of what's happening, but, I mean, I, there was a certain character that I didn't even know um, was, like, transgender or something, and I guess that's important. Anyways, um, uh, okay, so I just spent $300 on recording equipment. Now, I'm going to go help a friend try to do uh, record a song for a wedding, but I just wanted this nice equipment anyways, and it was a good reason to buy it. Now, that's in addition to about another $100 I spent uh, a couple months prior. So, you know, this show's getting expensive, and it's not paying for itself, and the sponsors are certainly not helping. Um... And that's a good segue for this week's sponsor, which, as you all know, um, the show is sponsored by all the books that I own but have not read. And, uh, oh, this is a good one. I mean, I bet you there's... Now, here's a good question for God, if one exists. How many people have this book, have ever read it, know anything about it? I mean, I'd like to know how many people are holding this book right at this moment. And this book is called Workers in the Dawn by George Gissing, G-I-S-S-I-N-G. Now, I bought this book. It's a, it's huge. It's, uh, let's see. It's actually, it's 500 pages. Now, a little under, but it's a big, thick book. Um, 
It's a novel, and let me just read the back. It, it was is written in the 1800s, an English guy, and um, I don't think he's who was successful. I don't think this book was that popular, but I picked it up for like 50 cents or a dollar at a library. Workers in the Dawn is a novel about conditions of dismantling urban social problems. Fo- uh, focuses on the evils of poverty, cultural deprivation, the tyranny of money, and the warping of personality by social organization. This book examines the place of women in society, marriage, education, and its limitations, and throughout develops his detailed realistic picture of working class life in a hostile universe. So this book was published in 1880. It sounds interesting, doesn't it? But then it says, Gissing was passing through a socialist and positivist phase. Now, what in the world is a positivist phase? I don't think that means just, uh, you know, the power of positive thinking. I, that's a, that's like a philosophical, historical type of worldview, I think, that has nothing to do with that. Eventually reaching a detached and isolated aestheticism, his early optimism snuffed out by experience and observation. Blah, 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 blah. Victorian society and the consciousness of itself. Um... So this book sounds interesting. I might try to read this soon. Who knows? Maybe it'll get off the sponsorship uh, shelf. But um, Workers in the Dawn, George Gissing. Hey, if anyone's read this book, um, please email the show at prcshow at gmail.com. prcshow at gmail.com. And let me know. I doubt you can even pick this book up new. I mean, it's 130 years old. Um, That's probably unreadable. But... Maybe I'll start to thumb through it, and uh, I'll let you know as well. Okay, um, now let's get on to our next segment, the, uh, the World Turned Upside Down. The World Turned Upside Down, 17th Century England. The 17th century is filled with tumultuous events, times. The whole century is pretty much tumultuous. I just like to use that word. Now, there's a lot of financial hardships for people in the early part of the century, and this causes a lot of class antagonism between the rich and the poor, just like all major uh, episodes in history. Now. The church and the state are kind of one and the same, and now I want to talk about the Anabaptists. The Anabaptists. What are they? Well, these are Christian types, you know, and um, they don't think you should be baptized until you're ready. You know, they swear to, they refuse to swear oaths, they don't like tithing, they see, you know, you're giving money to the state when you tithe, really, because you're giving to the state church. And some of these Anabaptists uh, were even more for egalitarianism and denied the right of private property. Private property. So you got this kind of like proto-socialist, uh, but also like religious uh, fundamentalist types. Now, I like this group called the Family of Love. Now, doesn't that sound interesting? Kind of like, a, um, I don't know, like a sexual thing almost. But the, the, these are called Familius. They're a type of Anabaptist. And... Um, they held uh, property in common. They believed that all things come by nature. 
uh, and that only the spirit of God within the believer can properly understand the scripture. Kind of sounds a little hippy-dippy, you know. Um, they turned to the Bible, they turned like the Bible into allegories, like they weren't, they weren't like strict interpreters of the Bible, they're turning into allegories. Okay, you also have the, uh, the family of the Mount, and uh, these were other Anabaptists that they had even more like subversive views. They rejected prayer, they denied the resurrection of the body, they questioned whether even heaven or hell existed apart from this life. They thought heaven was when men laughed and uh, was merry and happy, and hell was when you were um, sad and in grief and in pain. Now, I maybe I'm that. Maybe I'm a family of the mouth, because that's kind of how I see things in some ways, you know? Uh, when I'm happy, I'm in heaven. When I'm uh, pissed, I'm in hell. <laughs> um, and this is all developing out of the lower classes. Um, very anti-clerical, very anti, uh, you know, the hierarchy and everything like that um you know and, and what ends up happening is some of these people end up you know tearing some of the churches apart literally uh pulling down altars desecrating altars and statues destroying tombs um destroying ecclesiastical documents and this is my favorite this is my favorite listen to this one baptizing pigs and horses i mean that's like just like a making a mockery of the religion from people that are very religious or spiritual, whatever you want to say. So, again, all the background, this is all prior to the English Civil War. So this is a 19, 1630s, 16, uh, 20s, 1630s. So that's our tidbits for this week on The World Turned Upside Down. Um, those are two groups, the Family of Love and the Family of the Mount. Um, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting ideas. Um, and these are the people that are sort of uh, running around spreading different beliefs prior to the English Civil War. Hello, hello. Use the thumb thing. Am I coming? Yeah, there it is. Okay. Okay, this is Josh Ferris here, and I usually don't do this, but I'm going to title this talk, letting go of the anger, or holding on to the anger, I'm sorry, holding on to the anger, um, I just want to have a brief discussion with you about this, because okay. you were in a relationship um, with a woman, actually. I was. Even though you identify as a gay male. Yeah, I am a gay male. It's, you know, you, you've, I know you, as a male, that's funny I said I, that, yeah. um, as a gay person. Anyways, you were in this... Um, uh, friendship. I, I don't need to actually, I don't want to really get into that. She was my best friend. It turned into a romance. Okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you went back to being friends and then it sort of collapsed and I necessarily don't want to really get into all that. I mean, we can talk about that a little bit. But fair enough. You said to me once, well, let me, before I get into that little thing that you said that was an aha moment for me. Um, you have sort of criticized, or not criticized, or, or sort of pointed out, which I fully accept, that I can hold on to things and sort of be upset with friends. And um, you said, like, I throw friendships in the wood chipper. You know, I'm an emotional guy. Mm -hmm. And um, if I feel burned or if I'm not given enough attention, I can be upset and really mm -hmm. um, feel, not maybe not betrayed, but upset by the way friends have treated me or lack of, I need a lot of attention. I mean, I need... Uh, you can also make very concrete decisions. 
I think, is one of your... You'll be like, I am done with this relationship. Yeah, I might say that. I don't know if I necessarily do that, but I do. Yeah, okay. yeah I do. Yeah, I, I, and I, you know, I, I can... Um, I'm very open Absolutely. with my friends, and I, I expect a lot from them, and I think I give a lot, too. Yeah, okay. I do. Yes, I agree. So, um, and you have said, I think, always good advice, because I think this is one of my character flaws, that maybe I'm a little bit too emotional, I'm too judgmental. You've always... I, I don't know if I've ever said that you were too of either of those things. You may have read into that. I, th I say you're very emotional, and, you're in, and I don't know if you're too... Like well, I, I don't want to get into some of the okay, names, fine. but you, let's be honest. You think probably the way some of these friendships and the recently that I have handled them probably not the best, and I've been a little bit too harsh. You would say that you know you're you're taking you, you know you're being a little bit ridiculous here, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I and yes. I think I can even acknowledge it, but yeah. I can't. I can't get past my yeah. own feelings, and that's fine. See, that's yeah, but see, I, you're saying it's fine, but you're also saying it's kind of ridiculous. But here's the thing. Okay. When I asked you about this woman, mm -hmm. and I said, "What well, do you think you ever just like say hi?" or you know, I said, "If you saw her say in a city that, you know, would you say we oh ran how into each other ran into each other? Mm -hmm. Would you say like you said? Do you remember what you said to me?" I don't actually. I I, uh, I imagine I I would say something incredibly mean to her. Yeah, you said something to the effect of like. If she came up to you and said yeah, you'd hide, you you were so your body language changed when you were talking to me, uh -huh. and you said I would say get away from me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I hate your guts or something to that effect. Yeah. More eloquent or even more nasty than that, and it it like brought up all these feelings that you had, or it, it, it looked like you, you. It's like you still had all this anger to this person. You have since moved on. You're in a loving relationship. Yeah, you're absolutely. you seem pretty. You know you seem like a healthy guy and all that stuff. And I was like, whoa, first off, this was a lot more, uh, there's a lot more to this than I realized. Um, and uh, he was, he was a lot, he was a lot more hurt than I thought. Yeah. So I, yes, absolutely. I mean, I still talk about it with my shrink, you know, not as much as I used to when I first started seeing my shrink. I was like, it was definitely the topic du jour. Every time. And, and what is it that you just feel like? Because this is how I feel with a couple French. Well, you know what it is? And a couple podcasts ago, you talked about, you re referenced a former relationship and how it's like, and like how uh, she broke up with you and it's, and it shocked you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, oh, right. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like still, it is like still like raw, like you still are talking about it a yeah. decade later. And, you know, it was a lot like that for me, right? It was like, uh, uh, but you were friends, though. So, yeah, and almost, that almost makes it worse, right? Because it's like, uh, you and, let's be clear, you mutually, unless I know this, mutually, mutually ended, ended, the, ended romance. the romance. So, so what I would say is this, right? It is not, it it was always a relationship, only, dirt, only part of it was a romance, right? So it's like, for me, it was it was the sort of it was when the relationship ended, which was whose choice? You, you would say it was hers, really. I would right? say it was hers, absolutely. Her, I, I would say this: she got a she uh, got a girlfriend, and that girlfriend said, "There is no way in hell that you are going to be best friends and then currently roommates with your ex lover." And I don't actually think that's unreasonable. Uh, and so. Uh, 
I so my and I best remember, friend at that point chose. And I remember at the time, but the thing is, like, you were still talking, and, but she would kind of blow you off, and that's when you were like, she's really making the decision not to even really be engaged with me, even at a that's right it, it, at a minimal of a friendship level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that was the thing that that hurt you. So I think it's like this. So after you know uh, debriefing this like yeah. this relationship many 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 times for many many hours it it's like it wasn't just the end of it that i felt like i was sort of used and betrayed it's like i started looking at it and it was like oh i i from day 1 poured way more into this relationship yes than she ever did. E- e- the friendship not the romance no i know right? i just know like yeah the friendship it. it was like it was like this was always josh 85% her 15%. And this is what I have a problem with because mm-hmm. with me and my friendship, and this is why I, with some of the, uh, one particular friendship, um, I don't want to go too specific here, yeah. but I feel that, um, yeah, I put too much energy in and that's the per- that's the way the person is and I'm angry about it. Yeah. And so, you know, what am I... Um, and your anger is legitimate, right? It's like, I guess it's like this, right? It's like, so you feel angry. Um you know, it's like, I'm not going to say, like, you know, you're silly for feeling angry because this is just the way he is, right? And the and the reality of it is, that is just the way he is. But it's like, you're you're allowed to be like, right. that sucks because it's right. like, I really care for and him. And I want this know? person to be something else. My, my one friend was telling me how, you know, you're, we talked about, I talked about this on a... Uh, friendship podcast about mm-hmm. uh, long distance friendships and how some friendships are you know like trees and all that i don't need to get, yeah. go into that but um yeah sometimes you move on and that's how it is but i just find it interesting that you now do you still kind of have that anger i mean that yeah. was that was about three or four I, months I, ago I, I would not i would not be cordial to her if i ran into her on a subway I would not. Now that might change for you probably in about five years, or th- you think yeah. that'll change, right? I, you know, what? you would expect it to change. I actually don't care. I think, so but that's that's what that'll be th- the that's progress. That's like part of it, or, right? It's right. like I actually don't care anymore, right? This is just like if in this fictionalized world that like we actually run into each other in a large city, right? How would I respond? And it's like right now I say, well, you'd be rude. I'd be rude. I like because I imagine her being like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. We should get a coffee. And it's like, guess what? No, my answer is like, get the fuck away from me. Because it's like because I'm not going to be fake about it. I'm going to be well, like, no. And that's the no, thing because you have charged this the, this healthcare system thousands <laughs> of dollars, <laughs> thousands of dollars for your therapy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it, you know, and it's it, and she just a trigger. Right. To just like a whole like the way I sort of process relationships and stuff like that. Um, but it's like... You I feel know. like she... Well, we don't... You took you for granted and all that stuff and you put all this energy in. But I think... I think in time that you won't say the... Get the F away from me. You'll you'll probably... Don't you think that'll mellow? It will it's mellow. Funny. Yeah, you know, my mellowing version of it would be... Would just be like if... Like I treat her like a stranger. Just yeah. like, oh, hey, you wouldn't say F you. You'd just be like, oh. I, I was actually going to say, I would just jump, jump on the next subway. I would just like get out of the get out of the physical area. Well, I guess it's hard to say how you would feel because yeah, you feel how know, you feel now. Right? But like I just know with the ex-girlfriend that I talked about in the previous podcast, mm-hmm. there would be pangs in my heart after it. And then even sort of when I was dating the other person. I still had some feelings. Now it's more like I do want to be like, oh, tell me what's going on. Yeah, see, I have like zero interest in this. I think in 10 years you'll be like, 
It's hard to say, and you're yeah, going to deny yeah, this yeah. now. Now, with my, with the friendships that I've sort of burned, and I, I, I even burn friendships. Yeah, but, I don't know if you've burned. I don't think you've burned um, friendships. I think no, not burned friendships, but sometimes you've pushed a few to the limit. Yeah, I take them to the limit. Um, but one time you took our friendship to the limit when I was supposed to be uh, studying for an exam, and you made me go to this former punk rock drummer's house. Who then told me like this insane story? Like he like kept us there for oh, hours. Oh, I didn't think that was taking it to the limit. Well, it was a little bit. I was supposed to be studying for a final exam to get my master's degree. Yeah, that was funny actually. That's a whole story. But I do have this anger of um, with certain, with just folks in general, maybe not even friends or associates, that I have a hard time letting it go. And I wonder now you're now you're saying with this, you feel it's okay to sort of hold on to this anger with this ex lover. You I feel it's so, no, 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 no. I know. I not. Hang on. I guess it's like this. I think it's uh, no. I would. I would love to. I think it's okay to have anger and recognize that anger. I don't think it's a good thing that you should just like obsess about that. I do think you should like let it go. You have to figure out a good way to go. But you, you can never say to yourself, "I'm an, I'm a jerk for having all this anger." Right, like I'm. Because that's a, that's a human feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's a human feeling. You have to acknowledge it. You have to, ex- you know, accept it, and you have to say, like, I want to get to a place where it's like this anger isn't like all consuming. I'm gonna put it in this corner. I'm not gonna really visit yeah. it often. I'm not gonna feed it. If, I don't if care. Paul talks to me about it, I might get upset about it, but it's not something that I'm ruminating on a daily basis. Yeah, that's with. right. Right, because and that's like, one of my issues that I sort of sometimes ruminate, but I've sort of moved on remember, a little bit like, like not that. Sleeping. When this first went down, just like staying up, like obsessing on this, right? You know, know? I have, I feel like I always have to be angry at one person. Yeah. And, um, you know, a couple weeks ago was sort of my wife, and I hate to say this, but, you know, whoever it is, Uh um, I just think about it and just obsess over it. And it, sometimes it gets so bad. It hasn't for a while. Uh I run. I run a lot. Yep. When I'm doing well, I run 20, 30 miles a week. Yeah. I will, there has been times when I'm thinking about this that it, makes my heart rate faster than my running and I almost have to stop running because it's like consuming get, me yeah. and I just keep thinking about it and it's like if, if I, I'll be listening to podcast or, mm-hmm. or music and it, I don't even hear what the show was. I remember one time listening to this show the whole show was an hour long. I didn't even remember anything about the show. I was thinking about how much I hate this one person. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. And when, it's like, what is I, wrong with me? When I was very angry with her I remember I just listened to like some very angry music. Like 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 uh, yeah, and it's so funny. It's like now when I sometimes hear those songs. I was like, oh, that was crazy. And it that reli- that was yeah, like you relive some time. of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like yeah. Oh, and I can actually remember even certain podcasts that I was listening to when I was like, oh, I was really mad at this person, and it like kind of brings. I was like, oh, well, that was yeah, that was really silly. The thing, the thing that really um, that got me on this one. The the here's the thing that really set the anger because for a long time I was just sad about it, mm-hmm. right? Was that like basically the relationship had fallen apart for months at that point. We were still technically living together, but she hadn't like stayed at mm-hmm. night at that apartment in five months, right? So it's like I had processed the sadness. I was ready to move on. And then it happened to be uh, her girlfriend was out of town that weekend, so she stayed at our house. Yeah. And we had this really great conversation. Like, I'm so glad we're friends and again. And it was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, it was like, this is nice. We're going to be friends again. And then... Uh, she never came back. And it just threw it away. Yeah. 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 Teasing and you. That is, yeah, that's nasty. And so, yeah, and it's like, I don't, you know. Well, now, it's rejecting you. Yeah. It's I, saying you're not worthy of my company and I don't yeah, really care to be with you. But but it's like she had said she wanted it 
to be back. So she's right? lying. So it's like, yeah. I was like, oh, oh my God, we fixed it. Somehow we like got through this like storm and we fixed it and we can just be like friends like the old days again. And, uh, couldn't happen. be like the old days again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it couldn't be, and that's like part of it, right? It's like, I really, uh, you can't relive the past as the, you know, as they do say you, on the great do Gatsby. you look back at those, um, times in sort of disappointment or you're like, oh, that's what it was. And I had a good time with her. Oh, in the first, before it went back? I'm saying like right now, right now, when you say, yeah. do, you, do you think that was a waste? I'm like, you know what? Oh, no, 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 no. No, absolutely not. Those make me the sort of person I am today. Exactly. And I'm very proud of the well, person. Well, that's good I am because today. sometimes yeah. P can be like, what a regret. You know, no, 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 no. That's, that would be very absolutely negative. Absolutely not. Thinking. I think it's like, uh, you know, my, my, you know, my, no, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. Oh, I hate when people say that too. What are you talking I, about? I don't have regrets about that. Okay, but you have no regrets about that. But I hate when people say they have no regrets. I actually don't know if I, I'm trying to think of some things I regret. Come on. Like I can think of like five regrets like came here. I wish I would have. I mean, I regret stupid things like, oh, that was a stupid night. I got really drunk. Like I wish I would have studied more for my one test. I would have got a better grade. Stuff like that. Oh, I don't, because it's like I don't care. Like I don't care about. Okay, but you don't care about your grades, but like, um, that's like saying you don't have mistakes. I like no, it's not. It's 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 saying like I own my. It's like I own my mistakes. I'm fine with mistakes. You learn from them. I don't regret mistakes at all. Hold on a second here. I do but not that, regret that, that mistakes you, at that all. That means it's like you're you're okay with not giving it 100%. We're going to get another topic here, but I'm just saying by not having no regrets. Um, I don't believe I've ever wasted my my time. I'll say that. Like I regret a couple things I did with my wife last week because I was mean to her. I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. How about the one time you were mean to me, which has been more than once? Don't you regret that? I don't actually... No, I mean, I don't even think about it. I think, you know what? I don't because it's like giving us a good conversation right now. I, well, but it, it, the, the that's like saying you've never you've never had to apologize. Of course I've apologized. Because you regretted the way you've acted. See? Okay, fine. All right. So do you regret acting like a know-it-all right now? <laughs> well, not right now. No, no, no. But <laughs> I guess my point is it's like I don't really, I don't like, for me, when you say like, when somebody says I have no regrets, like that's like somebody saying, I regret taking this job in this corporation because all I ever wanted to be was an artist. Like, right. Like no. that's a re- that's I guess like for a me, regret. yeah. For me, I, I'm a I'm a small I'm a small regretter type of thing. Yeah. I regret a lot like, of things. That's in the not in the grand scheme of things, about. yeah, no, I don't. It's I don't like know. no, I believe it's like any it's helped form your the life. The man I am today is like is it is the sum of of all my experiences. You need to be a gay straight guy and the good ones. That's right. And it's like being mean to my friends and apologizing to my friends. Those all like make me like the person who I am today, who it's like, who I hope only gets better. You know? Right. So, and it's like. Like, what if you did a hit and run? Would you say. <laughs> yes. What you I would s- probably regret What you doing say, a hit like, that made me the man who I am today. Like, well, I, sure, I, I'd probably go to jail. This is the cross I bear that I know I took someone's I think you're life. You're being absurd right now. Well, you're being absurd. I mean, you haven't done that, but if you have, it's time to come clean. I have not done that. Okay. All right. I think that's a good place to end. All right. Um, we'll probably revisit this issue again of holding on to anger. I have a lot of it. Um, but you've been letting it go lately. I feel like I as feel like, like you're very you're processing a lot more than you used to. Yeah. Well, this show's helping that. And um, no, I think as you get older too, there's a little bit of that. But okay. Free uh, telecom. All right. Thank you. 
Okay, I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed having the conversation with Josh. And I'm going to try to get this paleoconservative guy, Paul Gottfried, on. I just read his biography. Um, He is fascinating, complete opposite of me. And I'm going to try to reach out to a friend and talk to a dear friend of mine, Carl. Hopefully I'll get him on the show. I haven't talked to him in over a year. And there's some anger anger issues there. But um, I really, uh, I may call him this week. We'll see. Okay, have a good Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll have a show on before then. show like us on facebook at facebook.com slash prc show or follow us on tumblr at prcshow.tumblr.com all of these episodes can be found at soundcloud.com slash prc show your host is paul robert cooley jr technological consultant sound design host curation and music production is also by paul robert cooley emotional support brought to you by the roommates of salvador and kate g executive producers josh ferris all labors donated thanks for listening